0: Okay, welcome guys uh, to episode 5 of Origin Story. Uh, Today I'm here with Howard Young, um, and I'll let him quickly introduce himself.
1: Kia ora, and uh, look, I work here at uh, Auckland University of Technology, or AUT, and I have a dual role here. Uh, My main one is that I am a Senior Lecturer in educational Leadership, and my other role is that I'm a Director for International Relations and Development, so that takes some of my education work up into areas in Asia. Um, prior to that, um, a long, long time ago, I started my journey in education as a secondary school teacher and went through Head of Department and Deputy Principal. So that was, as I said, a long time ago. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well let's start back there. So you started in secondary education? Yeah. yeah. So tell me what got you into the education to start with?
1: I think sorry, my mum and dad had quite a large influence, so I do remember mum always saying I used to deliver newspapers, and yep. she says, Howard, don't only read the sports page. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to have a good general knowledge yep. understand what's happening in the world. Yep. So knowledge was, I assumed that that was important, yep. and understanding it. I guess the other, uh, there was one instance when I was younger, mm. and I'm an only child. Yep. One of the key families that I spent a lot of time with, four children, mm. and like a second mum and dad, and I was on the beach. Their uh, twin daughters and the brothers. And I was playing with the daughters on the beach or building something for them. Yep. And like my second mum said to me, Oh, you'd make a good teacher. Now, I, I don't know how old I was. Yeah. I might have, might have been <laughs> nine, ten. <laughs> yeah, okay. And I had forgotten all about that yeah. until a number of years ago when I recounted that. Okay. And so for me, as a reminder, that sometimes what people speak over you. Yeah. When you're younger is like a seed that you sometimes forget yep. but that it comes through later on in your life yeah and and i guess bringing it into the present yeah when you're involved in leadership and people development yep. is how do you help people reconnect with some of those seeds yep. that they may have forgotten
2: Yeah, and what their original dreams were yeah
1: so point in case uh just recently i was in london ontario yep. and walking through there with my cousin and we come across a homeless guy yep. From Melbourne, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, and when I when I just feel prompted on my heart to do so with people in those circumstances, yeah, I have a question for them, and it's not a question I've picked up myself. I've heard somebody else okay. encourage this yeah, and it is, what's your dream? Huge, and you ask that to oh, somebody sitting there on <laughs> there, you know, and this guy just went, oh. And I said, well, as, as a kid, what was your dream? Yeah. And he goes, oh, to be a musician. So I said, you know, that's where you're meant to be, yeah. not here. And it's time to reclaim that. Yeah. You know, because that seed came from, the, you know, early in that guy's life. Yeah. And I saw circumstances and sometimes life throws you some pretty hard stuff. Yeah. But if we can get back to that purpose, yeah. again, and sometimes, not for everybody, but sometimes that purpose is a seed yeah. that somebody has said, and we might have just dismissed it.
2: Yeah. So for me, that was a seed, yeah. back there
1: with my um, second mum. Yeah. And I guess the other part for me was uh, when my grandfather passed away quite early on in my life, um, he left a certain amount of money, okay. but it was to be used for university education. Okay. So there again, not thinking too much of it, just being hugely thankful. Yeah, you now you look back and you think, gosh, they really saw the value of ongoing education. Yes. And then the final thing for me to consider teaching was my would have been my second to last year of high school. Yep. And the maths teacher, first year teaching. Yeah. Um, and if he ever gets to listen to this, you know who you are. <laughs> and um, at Linfield College. Yeah. And. I watched him teach, I mean, I love mathematics, yep. but this guy made, you wanted to go to his class yeah. because learning was so much fun, oh, cool. because he was a fun person. Yep. Now when I, to where I am now, and I'm in a school of education, yep. there's a guy who talks about teaching, and, um, called Parker Palmer, okay. and Parker Palmer says, you teach who you are, for better or for worse. And so, for me, this maths teacher, he taught who he was. He was just himself, his usual crazy self. But he was passionate about maths, yeah, and it, and it was effective in teaching as well. Yeah. But you teach who you are, yeah. and that comes first before your knowledge of your subject, yeah. and also um, kind of the skills that come with teaching. Yeah, you know, you need this other part. Who are you? Yeah. and the teacher comes out of who you are, and. Yeah, and I guess for me, when we talk about people talk about leadership or having influence, again, that comes from who we are.
2: Yeah.
1: We can't pull it externally and say, "Well, I've got authority now," so yeah. therefore, yeah. <laughs> you know, because people read through that and say, "Well, you're, yeah. you're trying to get power over us or something," you know. Yeah. Um. people, people can see if it's coming from them
2: here.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I went off to uni, um, just across the road here at yeah. Auckland University. and okay. Did my bachelor of science. And I thought initially I was going to go into computer programming. Yeah, okay. Um, this is okay. This is early 80s, yeah, all right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, data cards had only just been buffed out the window. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, <laughs> it was early days. Yeah. But I can remember thinking, um, no disrespect to people who are in computing, all right? But as I would be hanging around, people, their conversations always went back to computing. And yeah. I'm going, ah, uh, it doesn't seem like a very large world, yeah. And and I just started to get into this. I'm not a dilemma, I guess, but what am I going to do? And then I think that seed came back to life again. Okay. And then I trained to be a secondary teacher. Yeah.
0: And that was my route into. Yeah. it. So there you go. It's that's like that's so interesting because you know. um, I, I I was a similar. So I did yeah, right. software engineering. Yes. And I was the same thing. I was like, "Cool." Oh, <laughs> what are these conversations we Like, I and I just thought to myself too, like. Even if I became a programmer, I'm going to be a cog in a wheel mm. and I'm never going to really be able to have any influence over other people and be able to drive any culture or drive mm. any change or whatever things mm. I wanted to do. I might be technically gifted, mm. but actually it's going to take leadership and mm. management and all that sort of stuff to be able to, yeah. it's quite interesting mm. that, yeah, that's similar <laughs> in the same, same town, same university. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah it's quite yeah. interesting.
1: And and I think for, you know, for me, you know, when you have conversations with people now, yeah. um, if they're from different cultures, is to you know, if I'm speaking with oh, okay, another conversation with a um, person who didn't have a place to live just down here on Queen Street. Uh, who's he would have been in the sixties mm. you know, and again, so I say, what's what's here in your wairua? Yeah. You know, what's what's in here? What about your Mokapuna? Yeah. You know, where, where where's your where's your homeland, yeah. um, you know. And he he just kind of went, just went mm, mm, that deep sigh coming from deep inside as well, yeah. and you since there's there's some purpose in there that might call him back home, yeah, rather than being down here in Queensland, yeah. You know, and it was so moving for me afterwards because he stood up and then he gave me a hug, mm.
2: and
1: I just thought, yeah, you know, as I say, Touching another person, yeah. wairua to wairua, yeah, spirit to spirit, heart to heart, yeah. um, it's not just the cognitive, yeah, it's yeah, it's far deeper than that.
0: Do you think people struggle to do that, or why do you think people struggle to have that conversations with people
2: about that?
1: Um, I think sometimes, sometimes it's just business, look I know at times I've got to get to a place and I'll walk past a person, mm. and afterwards I'll go, yeah I know I should have stopped. Mm. <laughs> Um, you know, and you try and learn and do it better next time. Um, And I guess another one is, how do I start a conversation? And I, yeah, I'll put my hand up and say, look, that's me at times, and I think maybe the same for all of us, when we are trying to connect with someone in a totally different context. It's how do we
0: start and how do we find that point of connection Yeah. And so back to um, teaching, when you're first, you first, know, first, so you start off secondary school teaching you worked up into principal, or a deputy, T- deputy principal, yeah. sorry, how was that journey? What was that like in taking into leadership roles and, and, and teaching? How was that?
2: Ah, uh,
0: that
1: was, um, oh, it's, it's a combination of kind of uh, doors, I guess doors or spaces yeah. opening okay. um, without necessarily trying to strive for that. Okay. Um, yeah. When I think back, uh, I worked, especially at the my first high school, which was Howard College, yep. and my second high school, which is Wakatane High School, Yeah, I really honour, like, my heads of department, who I had, and yep. then some deputy principals and principals, because, you know, they take you on, they employ you, and at times they would say stuff so, yep. that, again, sometimes it could be seed or encourage you. Yeah. And I, I've been really blessed that in both of those places, when you've had an idea, mm others have got, yeah, go for it. Yep. Sometimes, what do you need? And and I guess, for me, that's one of the leadership, um, I guess, if you want to use the word leadership, or one yep. of your life principles that I think is so important in the workplace, is when somebody has an idea, Yeah. Um, is that you really appreciate others encouraging you and supporting you. Yep. But also, if they say no, rather than just say no, maybe it's a no, not yet. Yeah. It's not quite the right season. And. And sometimes those are the hard ones to accept because we're going oh, but i want to I've got this, you know idea <laughs> you know and yeah. and then five years later you look back and you go mm. yeah <laughs> yeah okay i shouldn't have been so over about that at yeah. that time um but how i got into that was uh, we had changes in the new zealand curriculum in the early 90s okay. um and uh yeah i just loved being with people where you can have s- new ideas in the classroom yeah. and to make mathematics fun.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: and particularly, I mean, I look around and maths is everywhere. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's not a subject. It's there in life. Yeah. And you see it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it gives you a sense of wonder and awe. Yeah. And I in, do in, 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 in my teaching, if I could have helped some students appreciate that. Well then, yeah, it makes it more interesting to pass an exam. Yeah, okay. And I guess, yeah, when you see opportunities for change, or um, yeah, it's you, those opportunities open up. Um, yeah, I guess one of the things for me though during that time period is when I transitioned from being a head of maths into a deputy principal at the same school. Yeah. The, as oh, I was quite young,
2: yeah,
1: I would mostly be. People from Tony High School, and anybody who listens to this, I must we really do some things differently now. <laughs> but look, I, I my main one was you've got to be enthusiastic, and if you are deputy principal, there are some people who think, yeah. or assume that you should be the disciplinarian, and really grated mm. for me because it's about engagement with relationships, and and out of that you deal with problems yeah. rather than being the punitive person. Yeah, and I guess at one point. I, one aspect, I kind of struggled with that, a bit. Okay. Um, but found there was other ways to work with students. Um, yeah, the thing that struck me was a very, very small number of staff started treating me uh, differently because I was now in a senior role. Yep. And I'm going, I can remember my self-talk at the time going, I'm still the same house you know, I'm still the same person, I've got different, I might have some other wider responsibilities, but it's still me, and yeah, Yeah. so that was an interesting, being, uh, yeah, being a case study for myself in that, and um, yeah.
0: That's interesting, isn't it, like we teach, or we think, and I think we talked about this earlier, how uh, a legitimate title doesn't necessarily give you that authority that you need over people, but then... By Having that title, people's opinions change of you anyway. They yeah, can do. yeah. And so it is quite interesting, isn't it? It's like it yeah. doesn't necessarily give you the leadership that you need mm. or want or deserve, mm. but it does make you have to change.
1: It does, and you're gonna, yeah, and that's the thing, you've got to try and work that out in a way yeah. by trying to staying true to yourself. Yeah, I mean, some people might frown on this as a micro example. I, I remember uh, it was Mufti Day and yep. going around the back of a tractor sheds. And that was a, a guy who would have been 18 so in his last year of school just there smoking <laughs> away you know and of course we're going to confiscate the thing put, put him on detention you know and all this and i'm going this guy's got three weeks of school left. yeah he's 18. he's making these decisions for himself he's outgrown school yeah and i just sorted up next to him and just kind of plonk down on the fence next to him I am kind of g'day mate how you going and he goes yeah i'm cool mate yeah cool <laughs> Yeah, and he just goes, "Ah, oh, sir," and he starts to hand over, you know, his stuff, which you know I, I took from him. He says, "Oh, I guess I've got attention." i like, no, "No, just look. You only got three weeks left. You can't wait to get out of here. You? Yeah. You, you're just outgrown." He goes, "Yeah." Those next three weeks, when he saw me, he acknowledged me, yeah. and there was a mutual respect, yeah. both ways. Mm. You know, now being down in Eastern Bay I'm Plenty, it wasn't talk. It was. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> you know, and I thought you know, yeah, I could have drawn the line and made it punitive but, you know, and yeah. look and there's always a dilemma yeah. in the moment what do I do in those sort of situations, yeah. you know now if it was drugs, totally different yeah. you know, um, but then you're still coming up from a point of compassion
2: yeah,
1: you know, going you really want to see this person in a way set free from this addiction or Whatever, and by punishing a person who's addicted, yeah, must we ain't really going to help, <laughs> but you've got to have standards as yep. well to be shown that things follow through because you're in a community and there's just responsibilities there, yep. and so at times you do need to make an example, but oh, but in the midst of that, yeah, and then trying to do it in a because it was, uh, say, I think it was about 45% Māori, 55% non-Māori. Yep. And so, and then to do it in a way that is truly representative of tikanga Māori mm. was such a learning curve for me. And I so deeply appreciate yeah. learning from uh, Māori who are on the school board or in our community yep. um, and our staff. I mean, there, was, there would be at times I'd go to some of our Māori staff and say, Mus, Muss, can you help me? <laughs> You know i've got sunshine in my office and the, the wall of silence just come up and they would come in and they'll just speak with them and today yeah and i'll just trust them with it yeah you know and you're sitting there going there's a whole lot of stuff that i have that is um that i don't have the adequacy for this yeah and that's okay yeah you know yeah and learning to release that. Yeah. and
0: yeah it's interesting we, we at lunch today we talked about that about how really good leadership can adapt its leadership on the fly, during conversation, and that they understand the outcome that they're after, Mm. rather than their own personal goals right then in the minute and all their impulsivity, Mm. and that if you can stick to the outcome of that you're after, which Mm. for you and that that kids, Mm. it wasn't for him to get into detention. It was for him to, you know, Mm. learn some lessons and go on Mm. in life and get through, so yeah, it's powerful. Mm. Yeah. It is.
1: And there was times when I didn't do it, I think, the best way I could have, and I look back at some of those moments and I go,
0: hmm yeah, wish I wish I'd done that differently. Yeah, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Um, so yeah. yeah. Having that uh, self awareness I guess is the first step. Yeah. Yeah. It to is. know that you did it wrong in the first place. Yeah. yeah, and if I didn't
1: have the self awareness there was usually somebody there <laughs> who I
0: trusted. Yeah. To be able to tell me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and that's yeah. important too. Yeah, cool. Okay, so then from how did you make that switch now to um, to universities?
1: Okay, that was a choice between yeah. two good things really. Okay. Um, yeah. My wife and I had uh, two boys, yeah. uh, just a little bit later than maybe some other couples yeah. had their yeah. children. Um, and they were very special, miracle boys, yeah. and um, I don't know here was is, here is me being a deputy principal yeah. and you're working long hours, yeah. you have a way I'm, I'm organising relieving teachers first thing in the morning, very early start, you might have meetings. You might have to have to a board meeting if there's being a student discipline or stand down issue, and say, yeah, yeah in a very long day. Okay. So for me, it created a dilemma because I was, I was really loving being in the school and you know, the job I was growing into. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'll come home and I didn't see my son in the morning. I didn't see him when I got home because he was asleep again. Yeah. And I think for my wife and I, it was, is this the lifestyle that we want to have? And so around that time, my wife had been doing um, some very small contract work at uh, Bethlehem Tertiary Institute and, um, in the counselling program there. And she got asked, oh, could you do a few more hours for us next year? Yeah. And out of that came a, um, a, quite a, a surprise response. Um, no, not a surprise. My, my wife said, she just jokingly said, well, oh, if that's the case, you better you'd have to find a job for Howard as well. Just totally joking, all right? Didn't even think anything of yeah. Six weeks later, the dean gets in touch with us and says, oh, hey, um, why don't you come over and have a chat with us? Yeah. So what we both ended up doing was um, time sharing, okay. not job sharing. okay? Because I went into, uh, into pre-service teacher education lecturing for four years, primary and, well, oh, mainly around maths, yeah. in primary and some secondary. And my wife picked up some part-time counselling lecturing. But what they did, and this is the beauty of it, and I saw this happen at Whakatane High School as well, where you had a married couple who were time-sharing, and the timetabler would do the timetable around them first, so always one of them was at home.
2: Okay. You know, isn't that cool? Yeah, that's amazing.
1: And then they did the same for us at Befurn. Yeah. So there's always one of us at home with our first first toddler, and then our second son came along. And we did that, I think, for just over four years. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, but just, you know, to have the time to be a, I still have the memories of laying on the grass at home outside looking at the clouds with my two and a half year old next to me or three year old next to me and you're looking up and you're looking at pictures in the clouds saying yeah. it looked like an elephant. <laughs> you know, and I can remember distinctly one of those days going, I feel so privileged yeah. because so many dads are at work. You know, and so for Michelle and I, it was um, a case of going fuck Tony high, whakatane was brilliant, really good decision. But then this other one is a really good decision. And sometimes their choices in life are between yeah. two good things. Yes. So then you've got to come back and, yeah, and it sort of takes some courage to yeah. um, make that shift. Um, I still remember a staff member at the high school coming up to me and going, Oh, no, that's so what somebody said to me, gosh, my son is now X number of years old. I wish I had done that when yeah. they were younger. Yeah. I'm now catching up with my time with him. Yeah. And then uh, somebody else said, oh, I thought you were going to go through and be a principal somewhere. Yeah. And so they was surprised because that's the mainstream trajectory that yeah. you go on. Um, so that was, the, yeah. okay. that was the shift that occurred. And then yeah. for me... Around that time, of course, my highest qual was the same as what I was teaching, Yeah. you've got to get a master's degree. Okay. So I did my master's around that time, and I did my thesis on student leadership. And it was during that period that I became more interested yeah. in leadership. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's kind of, that had been growing for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it really I really delved deep with that thesis.
0: Yeah, um, and that yeah. helped. Yeah, and so and did that then? Was that one thing that led to another to then just keep as, like keep inside the university? Is that how that transition? Yeah, happened? I did a
1: what they call a PTE a three um yeah. uh, establishment, um, and then I did my masters at UniTech. Yeah. And the educational management teaching team at Unitech, brilliant people. I'd done two quads earlier when I was uh, head of maps and deputy principal. And look I I honour them because they that was so applied. It was brilliant. It was this oh how how they did educational management there when I was doing studying there in the nineties. Oh that was brilliant. And and then uh, when I finished my masters there, there was a job opportunity came up. Yeah, and here's me at the same time going, oh, I love the stuff. Yeah, and then I still remember the conversation, and I, and I kind of went, oh, job came up, and I went, mm, I think I should, but and then I think, Oh no, okay, now I'll say no. Yeah, and then, uh, but I can remember listening to my my mind my spirit, what was happening in here. There was a deep sadness suddenly came over me. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, I realised something that I hadn't realised up to that point that that was where I was meant to be not not necessarily say, say saying unity to get that point, but yeah. I was meant to be in the work around leadership and management education. Yeah. And but I didn't see that at that point when I had to make that decision. It wasn't until straight after the decision yeah. when I said no yeah. that it suddenly hit me. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and that took me by surprise. That yeah, okay. was. One of those things it just creeps up behind you yep. so quickly you go, oh. and then I was going, okay, but then came the part I've got to chosen to have been really frustrated, yeah, gone and chased it or found peace in there. So my way of finding peace in that was saying I know that that's going to happen sometime in my life." So in terms of my Christian faith, it was around God in your timing seven weeks later somebody else left the team up there <laughs> I applied yeah got the role shipped it and so yeah you know um yeah and I was mentored and but also freed up to do things and yeah I really yeah, value okay. it but then the next question came was okay so now you're doctor yeah and I because before I went to Unitech people say hey, so you're gonna do a doctor okay yeah. no way even before I did my master's when I was a t- uh, secondary teacher in DP and all that, people say, Are you going to do a master's? Said, no, what's the use? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm part of that club where people, if some of you are going, No, there's no way I would, you never know. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you end up doing it. Yeah. Uh, so, I was at Unitech for 10 years. Okay. And, um, and I left, um, I ended up being program leader with the master's degree there. And I left when things are going really, really well. Um, but I just sense that it was, it was time for a new season, and then being here at AUT, this is my you know, sixth year now.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And so, through those transition periods of career and, and, and different stages through your life, were there any um, any fears that you had that sprung up that made you like really question what you were doing? Um,
1: Uh, not ones that would question what I was doing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because of you hear what other people are saying. Mm. You have got your own self talk. Um, you have an awareness of what's happening in here. Yeah. As well, and there's an alignment. Mm. I mean, to me, that's the um, yeah. There's a deep piece around that. Okay. You, it's kind of like I've got to be careful on how you say this because it's not. This is not mindfulness, it's not being arrogant. It's like you have such a deep knowing mm. that it gives you this deep, deep peace um that you just know, yeah, and if people question that, you're okay with it
2: mm.
1: um and and but then, in that deep knowing, you know that there's also stuff you don't know, yeah. Yep. And you're comfortable with that. And I find, if I want to, say, paint something, say, to do with fears over my life and change, is I think I the area I've grown in is that when things, when you go into times of where you're not so sure of things, yep. that uh, your whole thing's more likely. Yep. And sometimes it's harder to do in yeah. some of your early seasons in your life. Yeah. And... Yeah, and I think the other thing for me is sometimes the fears come because we're making the wrong assumptions. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean I teach on this stuff and you've got to try and live it as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> About testing your own assumptions. Yeah. Um, and realise that, uh, I mean my wife and I were talking last night and it was, um, what's fear? Um, oh, what was it, false? What's it, False Expectations Appearing Real? Something like that. Like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love like it. And so, yeah, and I, look, and I, I start that with, I say, what of some of my teaching now in postgraduate classes with educational leaders and managers? I say, look, this usually gets their attention. I say, there's a four-letter word beginning with F that is right through education. Yeah.
0: <laughs> What's this guy going to say? <laughs> yeah.
1: And i just go, fear. So do you think about when your school has an external group come in or a government agency come in, you see people reacting out of fear because they don't want to get a bad rap. You see, sometimes it's around performance appraisal Mm -hmm. or around the data that's getting collected around you. You know, have you achieved your KPIs? You know, and so often, unless we surface fear and bring it to the table, Mm. people are going to be, Having that aspect of fear in their work life, yeah, and that carries through to their personal life and their self talk, yeah, and creates a whole lot of false assumptions mm-hmm. unless they're checked. Yeah, and, and I'm still learning.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: And that, um, look, and I'll be honest. In the last 48 hours, I've gone from one point some self talk was going, "Oh my gosh, how am I going to get that done?" Oh, and yeah. I realised, hang on, that's based on fear again. Yeah. Now, what are the assumptions I'm making here? Yeah, but that's that's not real. <laughs> Come on, pull it back. (laughs) But it was real at the time. So that's just in the last forty eight hours, you know, and I guess I mean we all we all grapple with that. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, so yeah, only things quite lightly. And so let's say for me with leadership, yeah. Look, I would just accept leadership, mainstream leadership as Yeah. You know, got I delved into the master's thesis was servant leadership, PhD was distributed leadership. And, um, and now, I question the overuse of leadership, mm. and one of the questions I, I ask people, and I find that sometimes people struggle to answer this, and this is not to try and make things uncomfortable for them, yeah. I'll say this here, which is, when you're working with other people, how do you know leadership is occurring in the moment, right now, how do you spot it in the moment? Because you think of our conversations about leadership, it's usually something on a past event, or we talk about leadership as though it's something that we need more of in the future. Yeah. But if we, and if we can't articulate what it is in the moment, like right now, between yes. us here yeah. talking, well then what is it? And if it's something that's so slippery that falls through our hands and we say, you're a leader, yeah. well then, yeah. is that it? Yeah. And so that's what we call like an entity or like an ent- leadership as an entity. Yeah, But then where I'm heading at the moment is more around you get a group of people together to work in groups. Yeah. And there's some direction starts to form. And that direction forming to me is more akin to what leadership is because yep. it's finding the path but together. Yep. It's not somebody coming along and going, Here's the vision. Yeah. Basically, okay. here's my vision.
2: Yeah. <laughs> now
1: let's all get on board. This is going to benefit all of you. Yeah, sure, might do. Yeah. I'm going, is that leadership? You know, vision casting. I'm just going, let's get a bit more tangible than that. Um, What what does that look like in practice, day to day? Uh, And then we we fall into this thing of, can you describe what's just happened without using the L word? (laughs) And most people can describe what happened without using the word leadership. So then you have the question, well, why do you use the term leadership? You know, so that's why on LinkedIn sometimes I'll put a comment up. Some A comment might go up and say, you know, uh, good leaders are active listeners. And everyone's, you know, it's got 10,000 likes on there. Yeah. And I go, shouldn't it be good people are active listeners? Why do we have this exclusive club called Leaders? Yeah. You know, and then one of our last ones that just came up was, it was an excellent kind of model looking at um, equity. Yeah. But it started off with leader, singular. Mm. And I was going, wouldn't it be better if we just put we instead of the leader? Yeah. Because then that's more equitable. You know, it's more inclusive. And I think we've just got to be careful when we get onto this leader, follower, leadership bandwagon, which it is. Yeah. And it's a protected bandwagon because it's a multi-billion dollar industry that protects this mm. meaning of leadership. Yeah. But then when you try and pin it down, it's a bit hard to say, what are we actually talking about? Yeah. And I want to help people get to that point of going, come on, let's label some practices here. Yeah. And maybe leadership is the word that you can clump some of these practices under, but don't just keep using the word leadership. Yeah. Let's get down to it. So not, I'm not anti-leadership. I just want to get down to some of that. Yeah. What are some of the specifics? Or what are we really talking about? And I mean, you would have heard the sayings, we need strong leadership. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Come on, what do we mean by that? Yeah. You know, well, we need somebody to show us the way. So you're wanting someone to be authoritative. Yeah. Okay, well, instead of saying we need strong leadership, say, so I want to have an authority figure in our organization, but don't say that on behalf of everybody else. Yes. I want somebody to make the decisions what, for you and not include you. Come on.
2: Um,
1: and is that culturally appropriate in your culture? Yeah, it's got so many different filters and layers yeah. to it that we can't keep using the single one word.
0: Yeah, That's really interesting when you say it like that, like, shouldn't it just be good people? And you think about, like, you know, you read the book Legacy about the All Blacks and how they, you know, better, uh, better people make better All Blacks. Mm. And how, like, you know, when you think of that book, Leadership, it is a book about leadership, but yeah. actually it's a book about being a good person. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And I've never really thought of it that way. Yeah. That's quite interesting, because... Even when I have run my own big teams, it's about having people who believe in my values and that I think make them a good person Mm. and we're all good people together doing good things. And I always talk about that, about my team, rather than me being the leader, i like, I had a, I had a really great general manager once who said, I am a, I'm not a general manager. I'm a manager of generals and Mm. (laughs) his thing was, and 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 that stuck with me a lot because I was like, I just want a team. Of great people around mm. me, yeah, yeah. That and 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 by having a great environment of good people, you're going to do so much more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I have, maybe that thought hasn't completely fleshed mm. out of my head, but I, I like what you're saying. Yeah,
1: and look, and I, I fully admit that you still need to have, um, you know, a CEO. Yeah. you still need to have people in these positions. Yeah. Um, and the fine. Uh, so I find, I can remember this somebody in the UK I was talking with, and they said, look, rather than saying school leader, we say school principal, mm-hmm. because that goes with the name of the position mm-hmm. that that person's been appointed to. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, well, why don't we use some of those terms instead? Yeah. Instead of just saying leader, leader, leader.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's not, and it's not bringing down the importance of all their responsibilities. Yeah at all. As mm-hmm. Maybe it's helping us be more specific around them, Yeah.
0: rather than just saying you're a great leader. Um, yeah. So almost the job title is your duties, not necessarily like, uh, like it, you still need a CEO to perform the duties of a CEO, Adjoin. but not necessarily they're the one and be all leader of that organisation.
1: You know, like I, I look at it that, um, say so if I walk into one of my postgraduate classrooms, I know this is, you can't transfer this setting to every other setting, say like in, you know, in different companies or maybe whatever, but if I've got, say, 30 people sitting in there, my first question, first class is usually to say, stick your hand up if you've been in education for more than five years, 10 years, 15, 20, 30, 35 plus, and then I'll I'll try and work out what the mean is, I mean, yeah, I mean... Being a past math teacher, you get a feel for numbers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I say, look on. Well, I'd say on average, about fifteen years' experience across this group here, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more. So it's about thirty of us. So that puts us about five hundred years of experiential knowledge sitting here in this room.
2: Yeah.
1: Don't look at me as being the sole source of knowledge. That's not my role, mm-hmm. and nor am I adequate in that at all. Yep. I said my role is to help using different. Reference of the literature, theory, research of good practice, research of poor practice. <laughs> and this 500 years of experiential knowledge, how do we bring all of this together so we're all learning in a very applied way? Mm. And so, you know, if somebody's in charge of a t- team in a company or even if they're a CEO, it's to say, what knowledge is already out there amongst the people who are employed here? Now rather than us employing a consultant to come in and spend a hundred thousand dollars to do that, you know, let's spend the equivalent of that amount of money yeah. trying to find out ways in which we can tap into the knowledges that's already there. Yeah. And, you know, and then what would that do to some of those people who haven't had a voice in the past? Yeah. Um, and if people go, oh, no, that group over there, they're always so quiet. Well, then the question is to say, well, why do you think they're quiet? Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, well, they're just quiet. They don't want to say anything. They're always moaning. They're always resistant. Now, if you go into that group, they'll must always say, whenever we've had ideas in the past, the CEO and their group's always resistant to our ideas. Resistance is always a two-way street. Yeah. And yet, most leadership stuff, you people going, oh, we've got to deal with the resistant staff. And I'm going, if there's resistance, it means there's resistance going the other way as well. Yeah. So surface it both ways. You know, so it's a learning conversation that takes place. So we learn how to work well together.
2: Yeah.
1: And for me, my, you know, to me, I want to say, is that an act of leadership? Yeah, because you're going to find some direction in there. Yeah. And, um, and I've got to just say this. I said like finding direction or direction forming. Yeah. That's not my own term.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, there's a leadership writer and researcher called Lucia Kravani. So I just want to acknowledge her okay. yeah. um, use of that term in a sage journal called Leadership. Um, so thank you for that. <laughs> it makes so, a
0: lot of sense. <laughs> On that note then, with um, acknowledging uh, Lucy, the who throughout your career has been one of those good people helping you learn and, and, and grow into the position that you're in now? Is anyone? Have you had any key figures around that? Yeah, I have. Yeah, am um, sorry, my, my
1: in terms of higher ed, working in postgrad, my first head of school, yeah. and um, person who was my first appraiser okay. as well, they um, both professors. Yeah. And one of them uh, particularly just encouraged me to voice any concerns that I had yeah. and for me to feel totally safe with it. Okay. Um, and I remember the first encounter where the person said, I missed da, da 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 da, and my body language must have given something away.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they said to me, "How did you know that?"
2: I went, oh. and she
1: says, "You did, didn't you?" Said, Help me understand why you were reluctant to tell me.
2: Yeah.
1: But I walked out of that office feeling free, absolutely free. Yeah. Because they said you have complete permission to speak into my practice. But I'm going, but you wait. you know, that's my thinking, you know. But <laughs> yep. what they did is they just brought it to the level, shared level of learning. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and the thing, I just thought, in those words, I said to myself, I feel free. Mm. And then with my uh, person who was my first appraiser, I still remember my first appraisal meeting. This was starting at, at Unitech. And the question was, now, how's your workload impacting your family life? I mean, I've never ever been asked that. Yeah. You know, and um, how are you boys?
2: Yeah.
1: How's, how's the move here? You know, like with your wife, it's, And I just went.
2: Ah, yeah.
1: Wow, that was you. Yeah. yeah, and that really impacted me, and I think it's mostly influenced. Yeah. You know, me um, yeah. in a long way. But see, both of those people taught that. Okay. And but I remember back in the nineties, going there with the unity team there at the time. I remember some of those deputy principals saying to each other, "Oh my gosh, this team actually practices what they're teaching, mm. and they're practicing the hard stuff by having challenging conversations. If there's a dilemma, yeah. you know, which is between you need to improve in this area of your practice, and yes, we have a, a good relationship. How do we do that to strengthen the relationship?" Mm. And that's on the one hand. On the other hand, it's a, it's a personal dilemma.
2: Yeah.
1: Or one of my ex-colleagues used to call it a leadership dilemma. And, yeah, and I can remember us as DPs going, oh, my gosh, those people actually do it. They're not just yeah. teaching it. And I think that has mostly been, yeah. You know, if I think now, I'm thinking on the spot. Yeah. That's mostly been one of the biggest lessons that I've carried forward yeah. is seeing the importance that if I'm teaching something and I still struggle with it a bit, well then can I also admit that. Yeah. No, it's
0: always a challenge. Yeah. Um and but, Yeah go on. Yeah. And so as being a professor and, and, and teacher throughout the career when you not a not a professor. Oh sorry.
1: Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> it's and teaching I'll I'll profess.
0: Teaching people in something that yeah, like you said, you're not you're not feeling one hundred percent knowledge on everything and so in that moment do you um do you believe that that does that make your teaching does that help enhance your teaching i suppose because i think with me in in business when i'm not an expert on it it makes my enthusiasm for that topic so much more when I am mm-hmm. trying to teach others Does mm. does that come across the same in your own teaching when you aren't hundred percent on things mm, I think yeah
1: most definitely and I think increasingly you so. say yeah um, and that comes down to trusting others and that the knowledge is out there mm. and and I think look with the internet and everything these days I mean you can quickly find out
2: yeah.
1: but my a lot of my learnings now have come from the last four years and I've had amazing opportunities to be up in Asia, yep. be in other cultures, yeah. and as you start to see things through another culture um, and another language, you start to see the westernization of your own lenses. And so I've looked at that as leadership yeah. as well, and teaching and the assumption that we just take for granted as being, well, this is how we do it. Yeah. But I find going off into another culture, whether it's Thailand, Vietnam, or um, you know, I was up in Japan earlier this year, and um, the whole thing about being culturally responsive, you realise that there are so many different ways of looking at the same thing that the Western world will say we know so much about, yeah. and yet there's another completely different way of looking at it. And I, my worldview is one where every culture has been deposited, deposited with knowledges and ways of understanding and doing a life that are complementary
2: yeah
1: and so we can learn from each other you know so sometimes i'll be up there in asia and i might say to a group from a certain nation and they're going yeah we want to we want to get this from the US, we want to get this what's the english way of doing this we want to use this Mm -hmm. and i'll go be careful yeah because if you do this for the next thirty years, you're going to lose your language. You're going to lose then your cultural identity, yeah. and then what for your mm. next generation? Mm. And so, how do you do this as an and, and protect that at the same time? Yeah. Um, and then you start to look back at your own thing here, and you start to become more aware that hey, look, I'm a I'm a white male. Mm. Um, people would see me as being Western,
2: mm.
1: and um, and that's nothing to be ashamed of as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but you acknowledge it, and over that that brings a distinctiveness mm. as well. And then when you go into other cultures, you really see that distinctiveness. Yep. And so your earlier question about knowledge, mm. then you start to realize there is so much more to know, yep. and so many ways of understanding the same thing, yeah. that you end up holding things a lot more lightly. Yep. And, yeah, and I guess it's that part of walking, yeah. Um, holding things lightly, but at the same time, there's a responsibility. Mm. If I'm supervising, I've just come from a supervision meeting now with a master's student. You know, they, there's an expectation there that I'll guide them yeah. in a good way, um, so they don't stuff up their research. Yeah, okay. And so you you carry that responsibility. And the word I use for it is um, how can I? Sh- what I do know is how can I steward that well. For other people yeah but then i've got to flip it around the other way and you know, how can i learn from others and i think over my life i've gradually been getting better at that. Yeah. and the key would mostly be um over time is learning to ask more questions yeah yep. and look and i admit hand up <laughs> i look at times i can just start talking and talking and talking and i'm gonna go hang on Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: Get yeah. other people in the talk yeah, yeah. And, or ask a question. And, yeah. And that's interesting. So, I mean, you talk about the Asian cultures and things, and they're different ways of looking at the same problem. And I think something that's quite uh, relevant in a lot of the talks I've been having recently, especially coming back to New Zealand and, you know, obviously connecting with a lot more uh, Maori and Polynesian mm. uh, business people as well, mm. which I didn't have the exposure in Melbourne mm. to. Mm. Um, They're looking at the way that, uh, like Polynesian and Maori people do business, and the way that they're trying to bring more of their culture into business. Do you think that um, looking at that lens, the way that they they see the world and they do things differently? And and when I say they, I mean I'm Polynesian myself. But like, um, is it that every style? Is it that the styles are different, but they all get can get the same outcome, or is it that um, or do you think it leans more towards what they find as successful is different? So the outcome is maybe what they're going for is different. So why their strategy is changing? Is there a
1: difference there? Or I think yeah, I think so. And I think there's a different uh, way of languaging it. So like how you just put that now, yeah. um, You know the word success outputs. Yeah. It is usually aligned to a certain way of thinking about the world, and so when we and then you go into another culture. And those words do not have much value, or the equivalent in their own language. Mm-hmm. And so I think of, um, if i coming to appreciate the importance of the va, mm-hmm. the sacred space between you and I, has to be acknowledged. Yeah. Now, that's, we can't be talking about outputs and success yeah. around that. If, uh, if I have the privilege and honor of somebody wanting to hongi mm-hmm. me, or um, well then... We we are sharing our breaths, we are sharing our the depth of our being mm. through our nostrils. And I always wondered why with some Māori who I really had a close relationship to that hold on to you and they go, hmm. and there's that deep sigh, and I'm going, It's not as their whole spirit just wanting to coming out and sharing in this space between you and them as your noses touch. Mm. So that you are you are sharing. The essence of life together, your life and their life. Mm-hmm. And we when we want to say that's a outcome, I mostly say that's a that's a that's an ongoing experience. Yeah. You know. Um and I think success and outcomes, we especially with the word outcomes, it seems to have a like here's a process, there's an outcome. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And so now in the West, that's not just Western, because you can also go to some parts of Western philosophy and Greek philosophy where you go to what's called process metaphysics, the yep. process ontology. And so there's you don't... Leaders or well leadership is not about, oh, let's bring about this change. Now we've done this change, we've now got this outcome.
2: Yep.
1: Process metaphysics is everything is in, in flux all the time, which I think it is. Yep. And Now, to what extent we see constancies through that, mm-hmm. you know, people have different views on that. But then what does it mean about an outcome? An um, outcome is but... A snapshot, yeah, in time, and yet we hold them and rarify them up here. Mm-hmm. You've got to reach this goal. Yes, we've met the goal. Yeah, going. Yeah, okay. There's a heck of a lot more going on as well, because that goal just was a very minor little. it's only what you could measure, and everything we're experiencing in life is this. Yeah. And we are taking this, and we think, hey, we're successful. Yeah. Short measure. Yeah. And leadership and management, a lot of that stuff is built around that. (laughs) Yeah. But we go into other cultures and suddenly that gets blown apart and we're seeing a lot of this. Yeah. It's totally different, different languages. Yeah. And I just find that it's challenging sometimes because it challenges your own way that you've been led to believe what leadership and management is.
0: It's interesting. I'm so glad I could ask that question of you because uh, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, and I've read a couple of books recently that sort of put me down that path is that especially around happiness Mm -hmm. as well, which I guess a lot of people think of as an outcome. Yeah. And that's something I've been sort of preaching and talking about. And (laughs) my partner and I speak about that a lot, that you can't get to happiness because as humans, you get there, that becomes your new normal and then you move on. And so I like the way that you you put it is that it's around language and that different cultures, that language of what, what words have more weighting and, for me, um, I like to think of, yeah, take out the word success, take out the words outcome and put in journey process mm. and love that part of it mm. rather than what results yeah. that you might get. So, yeah.
1: And there might, still might be some measures you take yeah. at different times, but just be aware that whatever we're trying to quantify yep. there are there are things in life you can't quantify. And those are the things that are usually the everlasting things. Mm.
2: Yeah, that's
1: yeah,
0: yeah. It's interesting. When you go um, back to, I mean, where you are at the moment about emerging leadership out of group situations and stuff. What's some of, where where are you with that? Like you you talked a bit about that's kind of. What's your current? And, that, and I might be asking too much of you, but what's your current thoughts on that at the moment? Where um, where is your head with it all?
1: I think. Look, I one hundred percent would agree that. We work in contexts where somebody is appointed yep. and they're usually called the group leader yep. or the leader of the organisation. So that goes without saying. Yep. So I'm not questioning those, um, the, appoint- the key of needing to appoint people to some key positions. What I find is like when I do different activities or when I ask people to give cases of their practice. So they're working in groups. And and then I'll, I'll come back and I'll say to them, right, how many for you, your first decision was to appoint a group leader? Now, I've been doing this activity for about four or five years now. And I do it with different different yeah, it's very yeah. tactile and yeah, everything. Like, I haven't had a single group and that's across those Asian nations and across New Zealand. Ever. Nobody has ever appointed a group leader first to get the process underway. Yeah. Now, that's not saying you shouldn't have a group leader. Yeah. But I'm getting people to question the mainstream assumption we all make that you have to have a group leader. Oh, we you know, because I said, how many of you sit on a meeting and you go, we can't do anything yet. Oh, here comes the boss. Now we've got some leadership. But How much of it is conditioning? Yeah. Because how much of, that group has got the means to be able to make those decisions and find that direction anyway. Mm. You know, so And then how does it emerge? Yeah. So I just get people to stop in the moment and go, okay, if you haven't appointed a leader, you've gone through all of this work together, so um, tell me where leadership was. And I'm not trying to be picky or put a challenge out there, but that, I usually find people are very positive, and they you go,
2: good question. Yeah, good question.
1: You know, and I'm, I mean, look, I, I'll tell you what, it was a bit uh, putting that question out there because I don't want to, as I said, I don't want to be seen as being anti-leadership. But, I, you know, and it makes me question saying if I'm in a situation, okay, now where is leadership emerging?
2: Yeah.
1: You know, or where is that direction emerging? Um, is it coming together in a certain direction or is divergence okay? Yeah. Because we might have multiple directions yeah. and that's okay which is different from your transformational model of going, here's the vision, here's the direction, here's the goals. Yeah. Let's get everybody on board and motivated and we all share the same values and poof, we're yeah. away. Yeah. But if we, I think if we dig down and we have a look at if you take the All Blacks or you take um, maybe some startups so are very successful, yeah. there's tensions, there's really active, um, uh, rigorous dialogue yeah. that's taking place, so you might be present in one of those situations. You go, hang on, uh, who's the leader? No, mm. oh, it's yeah. the wrong question to ask. Yeah. But how is direction falling? Mm. You know, and I think there's another set of questions we can ask yeah. around the thing called leadership. Yeah. Without getting into the mainstream response. Yeah. Which is, oh, there's the leader. There's the followers. Oh, now hang on, the followers now become the leader. We've got an interchange between leadership and followership. i okay. going, uh-huh. How many of these people are calling themselves followers? I mean it's interesting isn't it yeah, that it fo- is. followers is quite strong in the leadership literature especially in what we call the leader centric leadership and even some of the post heroic leadership around distributed shared leadership and collective leadership and yet when I go into workplaces and the people are I don't hear people saying now okay what are the followers going to what are the followers <laughs> think of this and I'm going you know yeah. people just don't use that unless yeah. they're following someone on Instagram yeah. You know? And so um and yet sometimes I have had conversations with other people in leadership research or theorists and they go, No, no, you've got to have you know, it's it's there, you've got to have followers And I'm kinda of going, Yeah, but in life you know, some people might yeah, it's just now some people might position themselves that way but they don't use that language. Yeah. So why are we using that language? And I I am not saying we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I'm just questioning Yeah some of the norms that we just accept.
0: Um, and is it that because we think of leadership as such a singular term? Is that why like we think it should apply to... Is that, is that where we're getting mistaken where, and it's hard, like people call leadership groups, but they're still picking out that person that, that person. Mm. But as a group, you don't say that I don't even know, you know how to say that, so you we know, like, so don't have the language for no, that, to so just say that whole group yeah. is leadership. That's right, yeah. Because it, it seems weird to look at a group of people and go, oh, that's leadership. Mm. What is that, 40 people? Mm. I mean, how can that be leadership? Yeah. Is it a leadership group? Mm. And, and for those people who are in the management studies field, they're like, say, yeah,
1: well, it's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. We've got somebody who's uh, got their responsibility for a team, they're the team manager. And leadership is something that might be emerging Mm -hmm. within the team as it's, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, and then uh, the other thing that doesn't help is when people get into this thing, it's like, well, management is this, 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 and this, you know, and then leadership is the visionary, da-da-da-da-da. And I'll go, go, Eva, what about strategic management? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's something to say, that's visionary, you know. Well, I, I don't like the term human resource management because I don't think people are resources. Yes. I think that's part of the problem in our, in our modern organisations. Yeah. Uh, people are people, you know, and um, and should they be managed? Yeah. You know, we all we can all manage ourselves, but it's a case of coordinating our self-management. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, so that whole dichotomy between leadership and management is not mm-hmm. helpful either. No. Same with leader and follower. Yeah. And so how can we use a different way of expressing what is happening in yeah. practice and problematizing that yep. and helping people engage better together mm. so, for the sake of a better word, there's a better outcome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's, yeah. for me, that's at the heart of the so-called management, leadership, development to or organizational development. Yeah. But then, you see, what it does there, and you hit it on it by saying, is leadership a individual thing? Mm. So is leadership an entity? Yeah. You know, so, in other words, we're saying that leadership is in you. Yeah. <laughs> now, I kind of go, you've got a whole lot of qualities and gifts and abilities that mm-hmm. you bring. And we could plump the word leadership in there, but I'd like to get a bit more specific around that. You know, so one of the things I noticed with you, we've only just met, yep. is that you're really engaging. Yep. So you're a little engaging, <laughs> active yep. listener. Yeah. Now, somebody might say, oh, it's leadership no yeah. i I like the more pacific part you know? <laughs> yeah yeah, because then I think that's more honoring of the other person, yeah. yeah um and and if there's an area there that I've just spoken that you kind of you might have, in self talk you might have go, yeah, yeah, most of the time, well then maybe I'm calling that out of you that hey, keep growing in there, yeah. you know by saying that, yeah, um, so rather than if we don't see leadership as being in the person, yeah, well then. We're looking at other qualities. Let's just use those other words. Yes. And then for leadership in the group situation, it has to do whether we decide on direction forming. Now some people might say it's influence. Most leadership definitions say influence. Well well, just use the word influence then. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Don't replace it with leadership.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's um and these are all you know, but I think my main point is Leadership has become so general, you know, it can mean so many different things to many different people, and then we just use it as a throwaway term, Yeah. and, oh, you know, we've got council elections here, oh, we need better leadership in Auckland yeah. City, or we need more of the same leadership, and go, what do you mean? Yeah, let's get down to the Pacific, so
0: that's a far more helpful conversation. Mm-hmm. So, like, in, Craig me if maybe the role, let's say, the CEO or the politician or whatever it might be, in that particular role that they're performing, they need certain qualities but they don't need everything that falls under the leadership banner necessarily to perform that role to the best yeah. of its ability and they can still be a great leader.
1: And I think, you know, uh, look, I from what I've heard, I've heard people talk about and use Martin Luther King as an example of that. Martin Luther King is espoused as being a great leader, yeah. especially with, you know, bringing about social concerns. However, he from what I've heard is that he never saw himself as the leader. It was all because of the collective, close community group around him that things got done. He was just their spokesperson. Yeah. But we have this, like I think, we have this desire and this hunger mm-hmm. to want to have these ideal hero mm-hmm. individuals, and so we'll label them. They're a great leader, yeah. Or they're a terrible leader. Yeah. Um, it's like we have a need for that. Yeah. We want to find our superhero. who's going to save us, and and I just think that sometimes leadership gets caught up in that. Yeah. Um, and we miss what really happens. So the Martin Luther King situation. It's all about a collective, close community, all supporting each other. From what I hear. And that's what was happening. Yeah. That caused the change. It wasn't Martin Luther King who caused the change. Yeah. It's just that he was their spokesperson. Yeah. And maybe at times he could articulate what the group wanted to represent. Yeah. And I think a lot of people say the same say, like, say Winston Churchill, but I think what Winston Churchill did, particularly around the Battle of Britain time, he managed to use a language that the people were maybe thinking yeah. and needed to hear, But does that make him a great leader, Mm. because of who he was, because he, I mean, they look at other parts of his life and have questions. I think, no, Um, but at that time, if you took away the English people and the resolve of the English people, Winston Churchill's words would have meant nothing. So you needed all the people there and the context of war for those words to mean something, and we suddenly say, he's a great leader. Mm. But there's so much else going on. I'm not saying, I mean, sure, look, there was, he did some great things as a person.
2: Yeah.
1: And we just like saying that's a great leader. Yeah.
2: Or we yeah. have uh,
1: amazing, you know, great leadership speeches or great yeah. leadership quotes.
2: Yeah.
1: And as though these quotes become like a, um, you know, a bit like the Matrix, you know, like the blue pill Take yeah. it in and, and suddenly, bing, <laughs> you're no, going to see everything in a new way. Yeah. And see another world. And leadership ain't like that. Yeah. Life's not like that. Um,
0: yeah, so it's yeah. <laughs> I love that. I, I, it's given me a really different view. Like as a general manager in hotels, and and you'd have a lot of staff working for you, and I used to think of them as amazing leaders, mm. which they were. Mm. But people would also often say, "Well, you're at the top of that chain, so you're you're the bit better leader, or mm. you're the, the you know the prime leader sort of thing." and and I used to think, oh, I can't do what she does. Yeah, That's yeah. why I've hired her, because mm. she's amazing at that. Her attention to detail and the way that she does, those are great qualities that she has, and I think talking to you now, it kind of makes me think, okay, I'm a really good leader. One of my great qualities is bringing people together and mm. allowing them to work harmoniously together, mm. but I can't do their, what they do good leadership. Mm. I don't have those qualities. Mm. And But does that then make me a bad leader, because I don't have Leadership qualities? No, because that's not my role in that mm. position. Place. And maybe
1: if we re, re- language that, yeah. and just say, where do you fit in the? Um, okay, here's a body of people.
2: Yeah, okay,
1: making up a body, and so the whole aspect of life is that we're going to be living together and working off each other mm. in a way to complement each other. Yeah. So if we're going to complement each other. Um, you must say you would have found that, hey, what I'm doing complements what you're doing, compliments what you're doing. And and maybe some people are just better at being able to articulate that. Yes. And so others yeah. then see them as being the leader. Yeah. But what we're doing yeah. is being a far better yeah. communicator, communicator of saying, hey, this is why we work together so well. Yeah. Um, and also, mm. I know, did you, I mean, for you. Yeah. It sounds like you, I don't pick up that you ever felt threatened by that, which which is another key
0: Yeah, yeah. I used to love people excelling at what they did. Mm. And people challenging you and pushing you. It helped you grow, it helped you learn. But also, it was just amazing to watch people give them that platform to be able to be their best. Um, say so no, never. I've never felt threatened,
1: and also vice versa. Because yeah. if they weren't there, they wouldn't be giving you the platform for you to be your best, yeah. Exactly, when it works both ways, yeah. You yeah. 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 so <laughs> know, it's, it's so interconnected, yeah, yeah. It's, and yet, and this is why I question the uh, not I'm going to say the overemphasis yeah. of the individualized perspective of leadership, yeah. So, I'm not saying do away with i guess. for me, my concern is the overemphasis for that. Yeah. You know, yeah. um,
0: there's other ways of looking at it. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, it's been well over an hour. Oh, mate, it's, okay, it's gone so quick. It's gone so quick, <laughs> and I think we're coming to it almost an hour and a half, I think. Have we? Um, so, yeah. you know, I don't know okay. if anyone's still here at this time. <laughs> uh, good <laughs> on you. <laughs> well done <forgetting laughs> for getting to the end of it. But I could sit here all day talking to you, and I knew when we connected... That I was like, this is someone I need to speak to because it's such a, it's a topic I feel so passionate about. Mm. And I'm only just beginning my journey mm. down that path and understanding it Also, I've taken away so much just from the small conversation, um, just to think about and just expand on what I already know mm. and how, as I go into this next part of my life. To apply it so, mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you so much for coming That's on and having a chat. Thanks, Sam. I look forward to catching incredible. up for more coffees and yeah, definitely and going through <laughs> some more <laughs> of the stuff. And, and I'll
1: continue <laughs> to change as well. Over the yeah, time yeah, as well. I mean, what I've said today, I know you know, five years' time it'll sound a bit different again, yeah, yeah because I've come across people
2: who will challenge indirectly or directly. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, awesome. All great. right, thanks, Alex. Cheers. Great. <laughs>